You're listening to episode 53 of the Urban Yogi Podcast with Mr. Cam Fraser. Cam is a certified professional sex coach, certified sexologist, registered counselor, and registered tantric yoga teacher. His work integrates scientifically validated, medically accurate information about sexual health with sacred sexuality teachings from the mystery traditions. As a coach, he helps men go beyond surface-level sex and into full-bodied, self-expressed, pleasure-oriented sexual experiences, free of anxiety or shame. I hope you enjoy my interview with the wonderful Mr. Cam Fraser. Namaste. So uh, that's pretty cool that you go around in your car. Yeah, yeah. We um we we bought a bus about a year ago now, like a nice. 1992 Toyota Coaster, and we spent about ten months kitting it out, like building it, so putting all like the wood up and the curtains and whoa, um, and just making it yeah, making it livable and and beautiful and and something that was comfortable to kind of travel around in. And yeah, we've been doing it for now for about almost two months, which is cool. So we're wow. um, we're just start of our journey our bus life journey cool man we, yeah we've got history of driving around in a van around australia so um when we did that we thought you know what we could we could upscale here and go bigger and go better and yeah. um and take our take our life on the road so yeah that's awesome. it's amazing man and being able to i guess being able to like work on the road as well is a big plus like being able to make money as we travel is fantastic so yeah it funds the very minimalistic lifestyle that we have beautiful i love the wood paneling and the and the yes. plants so nice right gorgeous yeah, yeah it's beautiful yeah 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 thanks so, man whereabouts in western australia are you parked right now at the moment we're in a place called bustleton which is bustleton. like one of the yeah one of the one of the busier little towns um on the southwest coast cool do you like to surf is it a surf town uh it is but i'm unfortunately not a surfer i'm a swimmer i'll jump in the ocean but i can't surf that's one of my one of my bucket list things to do is to learn how to surf Nice. Me too. I've done body surfing, but not, uh, not actual surfing. So yeah. Yeah. Not, not legit surfing. <laughs> not <yet>. legit, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. How old are you? Uh, I'm 26, man. Oh, cool. Nice. Um, what about yourself, dude? I'm 34. Ah, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's a good age. Feels, feels good. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are you you are an inspiration to me, man. The stuff that you oh. post, I'm uh, I'm always fun. There's a couple of guys that I like really tune into and follow on social media, and you are one of those select few. So I'm uh, I'm, Thanks, I'm very happy to be speaking with you. Oh, I feel the same about you, brother. Um, it's it's like uh, I keep meeting all these amazing humans out of Australia. Uh, namely, uh, yeah. namely yourself, uh, and also a mentor of mine, Rosie Rees. I don't know if you've heard of her. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. actually quite good friends with Rosie. So yeah. That's oh, awesome. sweet. Yeah. She's like sort of the first person who really inspired me to start teaching naked yoga. Mm, amazing. Yeah, really, really awesome. Awesome girl. And, uh, who else? Uh, Paisley Hart. I, I yeah, yeah. See, actually heard about him through you. Him, yeah? yeah. He's so awesome. It's just amazing. Like yeah. I keep meeting all these people who are really like, outside the box and not afraid to just be who they really are. Um, and to talk about what, you know, what's on their heart and mind. And I feel like you're definitely one of those people. And when, when did you start, like, did something ever shift where you're like, I'm just going to completely talk about what I want to talk about, even though it's sometimes taboo or have you always been quite like open to just uh, express how you feel? Um, I think it was like a, a slow burn, you know, I don't think there was like a, a moment in time where I was like, Oh, I'm going to switch from being like this person who doesn't speak about what they want to speak about to this person who only speaks about what they want to speak about. I think it was like a process of me kind of learning what it is that I was really passionate about. Um, and yeah. there's like a whole story attached to that. And then like, and then I was always interested in like alternative kind of, kind of things. Like I was always interested in like psychedelics, for example. So when I was in my teen years, I was always kind of pushing into that realm and speaking to people about that sort of stuff. And, and uh, until I started like becoming a, I would say an authority on like what it is that I was passionate about as soon as I started like learning and reading up on it. Um, Cam, I'm so sorry. I've got a, my Amazon delivery just came. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, man. I'm just no going to pause the recording. One sec listeners. <laughs> sure. It was, when I was in my... Yeah, I just, um, I just pressed resume recording, so I'll just let the listeners know. We were just talking about cavities. It's a little off topic, but, but I, was just, <laughs> I, was, I was telling Cam because I just got a delivery of uh, some fermented cod liver oil. You can actually heal your cavity. The, the dentists don't know that. They haven't been trained in that, right? They've only been trained in drilling and filling, but there's other things that you can do. So go ahead, Cam. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I love the, yeah, the analogy of, of you know, drilling and filling because when I was in my, my late mid to late teens, I seriously injured my back from playing soccer. Mm-hmm. And I was given, you know, I was given two options, really. I was like, look, you've got these two pathways that you can go down. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever want to play competitively again, like play competitive sport again, the yeah. first was the first and what was pushed onto me and what was recommended was pretty much exactly what you've just described was they wanted to put a metal plate in my back so that, you know, so that that could, you know, act as my spine, I suppose, you know, and, and offer the support that I wasn't getting from, the fractures that I, that I, um, endured in, uh, in my lower lumbar vertebrae. And that was yeah. like the option they were trying to say. They was like, they were like pretty much, you know, fucking put some cement in there pretty much and sturdy yourself up with this metal plate. And I was <laughs> like, well, I, you know, what's this, uh, what's this other option? You know, you haven't really given me much of a choice there. And, and they said, well, the other option is you take 12 months off sport altogether and you do clinical rehabilitation, right? You, oh, yeah. you, you go to, you go to clinical Pilates and you, and you recover pretty much. You know, it just Makes takes sense. time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take time and I'm not going to you know, yeah. um, put some foreign objects into my body. Um, and that was, and that was kind of like what led into what led into my yoga practice, what led into my, my understanding of my own body was taking, taking yeah. time for myself to practice Pilates through that practicing yoga, through that slowing down, learning how to breathe. And then just like 
blossoming from there and being like, oh, now I actually understand like what's happening in my body, having some awareness about it. At the same time, I was having like, um, you know, kind of sexual function issues as well. I was kind of bouncing from erectile dysfunction to premature ejaculation. I was also drinking like a lot of alcohol, was in a pretty negative headspace. So mm. like just literally slowing down and taking time for myself and being in a space where I was encouraged to encouraged to do that. You know, like when I'm on the when I'm on the sporting field, all it was was like encouraging just to 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 push through it, to grit your teeth, to kind of not complain about it, and then yeah. go and engage in like locker room talk afterwards. So like everything about it was like this quite um, macho masculine environment, right? And then sounds the like the perfect that, was, catalyst for what you're doing now. I can I can see yeah, it being it, good crucible. Exactly, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was like just years of that, man, of being like being in these two worlds, having a foot in both of these worlds, the yoga, spirituality, sexuality world, and then the the like athletic, you know, machismo type of, you know, that's up masculinity world. And then just being like, look, there's a, there's some things that need to be said here and some things that need to be talked about. Uh, and that was like, so I slowly started putting things out there. People started resonating with it. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, it's just kind of blossomed from there. I've been always been fascinated with like sexuality, human sexual behavior. Uh, you know, I've got degrees in psychology and philosophy and counseling nice. and mental health Me stuff. Too. So, um, yeah, yeah, so I think it's like, Amazing, man! Like the yeah. um, like the the whole spectrum of of human sexual experience is is incredible, and I think like we're just limited. Like I got no sex education when I was young, and and that seems yeah. to be like the common thread between everyone that I speak oh, to. Yeah. It's like our sex ed was pretty shit. So it was pretty um, bad. It was yeah, just like yeah, exactly. it was just like you know what could go like STDs and stuff. Like it's basically fear based sex ed with nothing else. <laughs> Yeah, like here's a big slideshow of all the most yeah. horrible versions of STDs you can get or the STIs yeah. and, uh, and don't have sex because this is what's going to happen to you, right? Or exactly. you'll get pregnant um, and that'll ruin your life, you know? Early pregnancy will ruin your life. It's this big scary thing. So exactly. um, nothing about pleasure, nothing about, you know, the diversity of it. Um, no, no. So that, yeah, that kind of because leads Because I, I feel like the dominator system wants us to not uh, get pleasure from our sexuality because our sexuality is the source of our energy and our joy. And if you can keep the masses pinched off from that, which is the source of their energy and joy, they're going to always be looking outside themselves and they'll be really good consumers. So I think it really cogs the wheels of our predatory capitalistic culture. Mm, I 100% agree, man. And and what I often try and tell people, or just like explain to people is like our sexuality and our sexual self is like inextricably linked to who we are as human beings. Like it informs every single interaction that we have, you know, whether we like to think of it or not, our sexuality and how we identify um, sexually and our preferences and our um, individual pleasures really influence the way that we interact with like every person that we, that we have a relationship with, whether it's like the priest or the vicar, you know, whether it's a family member, whether it's a lover or, you know, a platonic, you know, uh, friends, whether it's a business partner, our sexuality and our sexual selves like is, is so influential in the way that we interact with, with everyone. And totally. to, to have like to have like no awareness of your sexual self and no no understanding of what your wants and desires are or no understanding of like your capacity for pleasure to have that all stifled is really stifling the way that you can interact and, and relate to other people in your life like it's just like I 100% agree with you that it's done for a reason as well right like we, we're being stifled yeah. for a reason yeah yeah it's crazy um I also think I think that um Well, all, I, I come from the Kundalini yoga community and, and that lineage. And there's all this stuff about Yogi Bhajan coming out right now about 
you know, one of his secretaries wrote a book about how she had a sexual relationship with him. And so all the Kundalini yoga people are freaking out because like, Oh, I thought he was this pure being. And it turns out he was like cheating on his wife with his secretary and having, apparently the secretary was like organizing orgies for him and stuff. And it just, it makes me feel like the whole like puritanical guru thing where like the guru teaches all the disciples that you shouldn't have sex. Like he was teaching them not to have sex at all. And then he, he changed his mind. He's like, okay, you can have sex once a month with a committed partner, like in a marriage context. And it just like never works. Like it's, it, we are sexual beings. We're meant to experience pleasure and there's nothing wrong with organizing a threesome or a foursome or an orgy. Just make sure that you're honest about it. But in the Piscean age, you weren't allowed, like that was considered gross or dirty or, unpure so they were they were all still doing it but underground and and i feel like now that we're in the aquarian age it's like okay oh, we're out of that dark age now we can just be who we really are and if we want to have a committed relationship and be monogamous we can do that if we want to sleep around we can do that and everything's consensual and let's just be real about it instead of hiding it all right mm, yeah i 100 percent agree man and like when when you do have to go underground with it and and have to like you know suppress it you you, you associate shame with it, right? Like that's the, yeah. that's the, that's, that's what happens when you start to not be accepting or forthright or, or forthcoming with, with whatever it is that you're desiring and, and that you're doing is you, you attach shame to whatever it is that thing is. And, um, yes. and that's what, and that, and, and, and like that projects onto people, man, like that, that ends up being like how we get, like we can use other kind of guru or religious examples, you know, the, the repression of, of sexuality um, for, you know, Catholic priests, for example, right? And then the way that gets projected onto onto people. other people or young people in particular. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, yeah there's a really um a really good quote by Christopher Ryan, the author of Sex at Dawn, which I'll put oh, yeah. you here. So I'll just paraphrase it, but he's like he's like the when we repress um our sexual urges and desires and um and shame them, then they express in like these really overtly sometimes perverse ways, right? Like they, they manifest themselves in some other part of our life in a really like unhealthy detrimental way. But I think that's so true, right? You know, this, this huge yeah. part of ourselves when we don't acknowledge or appreciate or do anything with it, then it, it, it surfaces in another area of our life in, in, in maybe not the healthiest way. Totally. Totally. And while I've gotten backlash for teaching like naked men's yoga and sexual Kung Fu, where I bring straight and gay guys together and I put those in, parentheses because I really on it or quotes because I believe that gay and straight don't actually exist I believe that every man is on a spectrum just like everything in nature nothing is black or white but still mm -hmm. our society uses gay and straight so I use those in my promotional materials but like there people are trying to shame me a lot of people like 90% of the feedback is great but it's like guys the reason why I'm doing this is because my sexuality was shamed for most of my life. And then I turned to drugs and alcohol to compensate for that feeling of being pinched off. And now I found a healthy way to do it. And now you're still criticizing me because you're, you're basically throwing your shadows onto me. So it's like, you can't win. So it's like, people are going to criticize you whether or not you do the thing. So just do the thing that your heart's telling you to do. That's, that's been the, the lesson I've learned. It's like, if you don't have, mm -hmm. if you don't have detractors, you're not working, you're not, uh, contributing enough yeah yeah totally if people are hating on you then you're doing something right yeah mm. and mm. i i love that i love that you've you've lent into it as well man like the mm. the 
the path into like talking about sexuality and masculinity that I've you know been on myself I've you know and it was interesting like when I started like started posting more on social media for example about sexuality and masculinity and what I thought about it um I you know lost lost some friends you know like they were you know people that I used to hang out with and um they didn't have the same outlook or experiences as I did so ended up you know losing touch with them and, and kind of falling out with them and now it's and that was probably about 10 years ago when I started doing all that and it's wow. very interesting now like 10 years later a couple of these guys that I kind of lost as mates have started reaching out right and being like hey just wanted to let you know, you know I've been following you for a little while you know, these people have never liked a post of mine never commented never messaged me never engaged but like they're they're there peripherally kind of you know watching and noticing kind of what's been put out and then you know something's something's clicked for them or something's happened to them and they're they're finally you know sending a message and being like hey just want to let you know I've been following you and and quite like the stuff you're putting out and I have a I have a question I don't really know who else to ask you know and that's um and that's kind of the, the person who I try and be yeah yeah a hater is really a confused admirer yeah, I think so as well, right? There's there's something in in what you're doing and what you're posting that's triggering some shit for them, yeah. and um and they maybe haven't recognised that <clears throat> that they need to work through something, and so you end up being the person who they project that shit onto, and mm-hmm. um and and eventually most of those people, uh, maybe if you're doing something super controversial, they won't come around, but most of those people end up coming around at some stage. You know, give them enough time, yeah, to figure out what it is that they're going through, and then they'll reach out and be like okay, I actually don't really know who else to turn to here. So I need some, some advice. Um, totally. And, and that's, that's what I needed when I was, you know, 10 years ago when I started kind of doing this, this work and jumping into it. I didn't have any, there was no real like male mentors in this kind of world. There was no people for me to kind of reach out to and ask questions um, mm-hmm. when I was going through my shit. So that's, that's the type of guy that I try and be at the moment is, is like post up stuff that, <clears throat> and talk about stuff that I would have loved to have heard some guys talking about about 10 years ago. That's great. Yeah, it's like teach, teach what you need, share what you need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because then it's yeah. got you more become, yeah. passion behind it. Exactly, you become the teacher for for what it is that you have to deal with, right? Totally, totally. What sort of mm. practices do you utilize to keep yourself grounded and tuned in, tapped in, turned on as you put yourself out there? Um, ideally, it's like um, my own version of like tantric yoga. So I've got a um, I've got a, like a selection of practices that I've kind of collated and, and created an amalgamation of um, from my years of like studying different lineages and different techniques. And um, most of it's pretty simple. It's like just a couple of breathing exercises, a couple of like stretching exercises to loosen up the hips, particularly like loosen up that part of my body. Can um, you show me one of the breathing exercises? Yeah, yeah, totally, man. So <clears throat> very, very simple. Um, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with diaphragmatic breathing, right? If I, if I use that terminology, like breathing into your diaphragm. Mm-hmm. So that's like firstly the, <clears throat> the foundation of it is like learning how to breathe into the diaphragm. But then it's, it's about expansion, right? So it's like starting to breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. And as you breathe, we're going to start at the chest. So as you breathe in, expanding through the chest. And as you breathe out, just gently softening and gently relaxing through the chest. Breathing in, expanding not only physically through the chest, but also energetically. Feel that expanding through the heart space, through the heart center. 
pushing out and swelling out. And then with each exhale, just gently relaxing and softening through the chest. Do this a few more times, remembering each breath in, expanding through the back of the chest as well, that space in between the shoulder blades through the back of the heart and exhaling, gently softening and relaxing. Go for two more breaths. Inhale through the chest, expansion. Exhale, soften. Keeping that breathing going, dropping the breath down into the solar plexus, into the diaphragm. With each breath in now, expanding through the solar plexus, expanding through the sternum, just above the belly button. And exhale, softening. Inhale, expanding, pushing outwards through the solar plexus, through Manapura Chakra, the strength, the willpower part of the body. Exhaling, gently softening. Remembering as you breathe in to expand not only through the front of the chest, through the front of the solar plexus, but through the middle of the back and through the sides of the ribs, expanding outwards physically, energetically, and exhaling as you soften. Breathing into this fire center of the body, the willpower. Two more breaths here. Once more, we'll drop the breath down, this time down into the pelvic floor, down into the genitals. And as you breathe in, feeling that expansion, that swelling up, that pushing out, and that bearing down through the pelvic floor. And as you exhale, softening, relaxing. Breathing in, pushing out and bearing down through the genitals. Feeling that breath down into your pelvic bowl, into the root of your body. And exhaling, gently softening, relaxing. Continuing this breath, noticing what you feel, noticing what comes up for you in this part of your body. Notice any reflex that happens as you breathe into your genitals and expand. Perhaps noticing any memories or images that come up for you. Maybe some sensations, maybe some feelings. A couple more breaths here, just breathing into this part of your body, inhaling, expanding, both physically and energetically through the sex center. Notice the power in your sexual energy. Exhale, gently softening. Two more breaths. And on that last exhale, just gently letting go of the practice, letting go of the visualization. Returning your breath maybe back to a normal steady rate and bring a bit of movement into the fingers, into the toes. 
and when you feel ready, when you feel comfortable, just slowly opening the eyes and adjusting back to your space. That was beautiful. Yeah, thanks, man. So it's super yeah. simple and all about expansion, right, and opening up through the body, both kind of physically but also energetically, emotionally as well, mm. uh, breathing into maybe some resistance and some blockages that we have. Um, especially down through the pelvic area as well. Like it's an area that we hold a lot of tension, a lot of tightness. Totally. Um, and, and to breathe into that as well, it can be quite a, an uncomfortable thing for people, right? So, um, so just kind of regularly doing that. I tell like the guys that I work with as well, I give that practice to them and tell them to do that on a day, daily basis, day-to-day basis and, um, and see what comes up for them, especially when they breathe into their balls, right? You know, breathing yeah. into that, um, that strong um, sexual energy. For a lot of guys, they feel either cut off from it or they feel like if they do tap into it that it's maybe overbearing or overpowering and they they uh, have this fear about being labeled that guy right that guy that's interested in sex or that is expressing his sexuality because there's this very strong narrative at the moment of of the the male predator or the male violator right the abuser um who's like overtly expressing his sexuality in a really unhealthy way um so that closes a lot of guys off from from their sexual selves uh, so this is like a really gentle way of, of starting to breathe back into that and noticing what comes up for them. Yes. It's almost like one becomes more trustable. It's paradoxical. You become more grounded, more trustable, more balanced by allowing yourself to breathe down into the roots. Yeah, 100%, man. The more aware of it you are and the more balanced you are there, um, yeah, the more people are going to be like, okay, this person's like, you know, fully in control and, 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 and you know, owns their desires, owns their sexual energy. Yeah, totally. So how about we get naked? Yeah, I'm down there. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's get naked. It's hot in here. (laughs) Yeah, it's hot here as well. Is it? The practice of men getting naked together, it reduces, not that we're being competitive, but it reduces competition and comparison. Um, and it enhances like authenticity. Yeah, I reckon so as well. I, um, I've only ever taught one naked yoga class in my whole entire life, but I would love, uh, to do more of it. Yeah. You should come to Canada sometime. <laughs> That's the plan, dude. I would love to do that. Have you been? Uh, I've been to Niagara Falls, the Canadian side of Niagara Falls. That was about it. Nice. That's beautiful over there. It was. And Oh, this is going to sound controversial, but I'm sure some people will agree with me. The Canadian side of Niagara Falls was way better than the American side. Falls, <laughs> I'll just say that. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Great success. <laughs> we had a little technical difficulty, and for some reason, I was not able to edit together the two uh, segment. So we're going to have two interviews separate, two podcast episodes with Mr. Cam Fraser. And I'm actually grateful for that because we spoke a lot and he deserves two episodes because he's an awesome guy. So uh, here's my song, Longtime Son, and check in for the next episode, episode 54, with the remaining part of our interview. It gets juicy.